Welcome into the Double App Podcast. So why don't you just lay back and set your feet and listen. Let's do it, shall we? Welcome to your host, Mr. Garrett Haynes. Hello and welcome into your first episode of season two of your Double Ave podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Haynes. Here with me on the other end of the phone is Mr. Travis Law with Law Rodeo Productions. How you doing, Mr. Travis? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I, uh, you know, I ain't got too much to complain about. That's good. Yes, sir. Got to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so... You're with your law rodeo productions. You you produce rodeos around primarily northern New Mexico. Um, yeah, primarily, you know, we do. You know, it's in the. I tell everybody that I try to stay north of north of I forty, but we do venture down to Bosque Farms. So. And I think that might be your biggest one that you have too. That's it. It's a it's a toss up. It's between that one or uh, or Bernalillo, but they're both both really good rodeos. I mean, I, I've been to both, and uh, I feel like with Bosky Farms, they just they pack so much into it right there. I mean, they always have the con- a concert going on right after. You know the the thing with Bosky Farms, it's it's uh, it's a one night rodeo. So you have, you know, you have, and they, they throw a thousand dollars at it per event at it. And it's one night and they have their community fair going on the same weekend. So during the day they have activities. I think it's like a, it's like a two day community fair. And so during the day they have activities and then we come in there for one night and have this rodeo and, and people, you know, between the contestants and the spectators i've never seen this for myself because i'm always busy before during and after the show but they say that cars are um, lined down the street all the way past the mcdonald's and then either direction on the on the main highway that there's cars backed up there's cars parked on the roads around the whole bosky loop area there's just cars lined up they're even talking about for this year about having parking spots in Bosky Farms and shuttling spectators to to the rodeo grounds. Holy cow! Yeah, I know. I'm trying to leave that place. It gets to be a madhouse. I've seen all the cars lined up, and they'll be all parked on the baseball field. And yeah, parked on the baseball field. And then you know, one of the toughest things, you know, for the contestants, and I really don't know how how to remedy this, is that. Um, you know, for the timed event side of it, the horse trailers, you know, everybody's just stacked in there. And it's, um, you know, the, the committee does the best they can to try to get everybody parked accordingly and to where they have room. But it's just, it's turned into such a big rodeo and it's and it's so tight, you know. And, and some people say, you know, we'll make it a two-dayer, you know, kind of spread us out. But would it be as big of an event as it is if it was a two-day show? You know what I mean? Well, I don't – I mean, me personally, I don't I don't know if it really would be. Um, there's there's a lot that goes on that weekend. It's, if I remember it, the first weekend of August. That's right. So, I mean, at least the last three years that you've done it, um, you got 
Like Cuba goes on that Friday, Saturday, or that Friday. Right. And then um, I know there's a youth rodeo that's been the same weekend in Edge or in Albuquerque. Um, so, and there's one or two others that aren't, but two, three hours away, you know. And, and you know that's that's one thing that that I try to do is is line up line up these rodeos so that contestants can can make a weekend of it and not have to travel too far. I feel when committees and other producers or contractors can get along, you know, we can we can position these rodeos so that contestants can hit multiple events. You know, I can't say really close by each other, but they can, you know, stay within a general area. You know, when I used to do the the rodeo in Abiquiu, I used to plan it the same weekend. It was the third weekend in June, and uh, Taos was going on, Abiquiu was going on, and then the pro rodeo in Santa Fe was going on. So Taos right. was a Taos was a was an afternoon rodeo, afternoon perf. We were a night perf. And then, of course, Santa Fe with the Pro Rodeo, we would get a lot of the, the timed event contestants would enter up in the slack for Abiquiu. You know, since they were there in the area, they figured, why not? You know, so, so you know, I, I like that kind of format to where it's, you know, they can, they, can, they can stay within each other. And I know that Alamosa at one time was also that same weekend in June. So I had I had guys that would come, you know, they'd be up in Alamosa and they'd be calling me on the phone. They're like, "Hey, you know, we're on our way." And it's like, "Well, come on with it, you know, <laughs> don't stop. We'll we'll have one for you to run. Come on." Right. But I've always been, have you ever? I've always been the type of guy that likes to likes to cater to the contestants, you know, because in in my mind, you know, if it wasn't for the contestants, we wouldn't have a show for the fans you know so we gotta try to try to do the best we can to make it work for everybody right i mean the the contestants are kind of the base of a show that's um, right without well, without them you don't have one right and whenever you sit there and you know you let them run in the slack or you give them that time that gives you a more of a a good reputation so whenever you know they're passing through and they find something you're putting on there it's going to be one that they're going to want to add to their list since you're so, you know, nice and to them you know, and, in the past. And, and that's, that's one thing that, I, that I've kind of prodded myself on is, is, is being understanding and, um, you know, to a point, but there's also to a point it's like, come on, you know, we're not, come on now. You know, we have to, <laughs> we have to draw a line somewhere, but. Right. But I do like to but, like to work with everybody involved. And there's always some things that you know you don't necessarily have any control over, like vehicles breaking down and stuff. And right. I know. I know that's happened a handful of times. Um, at there, least to me. There was, <laughs> there was one time when they used to when Todd Pole used to have his uh, bull riding in Mountaineer. It would be the same time as the the rodeo that I did in Bernalillo. And um, that's the third weekend in August. And um, I had guys that were entered up there, and it got off to a late start or, or something happened. Anyway, it, got, it was running behind. They were up the same night, 
and Bernalillo, and they called, and they're like, hey, listen, this is what's going on. You know, can you book us later? And I'm like, yeah, come on. You know, you guys got to, if as long as you can be here by this time, and you're giving me your word that you're going to be here, you know, I'll hold, I'll hold them for you. And we ended up doing that. We we booked our, we, we booked a section of open bulls, and then we went into some team roping, and um, then we booked a second section of bulls so those guys could, could get there. So. I, uh, I think I might have been in that group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been. Uh, yeah. Bulls are scary. They're not as scary as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. Casey just poked his head in to see what was going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you have Bosky Farms first weekend of August, you have Bernaleo third weekend of August. Um, what else do we got? What else do we got going on? We're kicking off, let's see, June. The first weekend in June will be up in Lindrith, and Lindrith is kind of I don't want to say it's my pride and joy rodeo, but it's one that I really enjoy because it's um, it's a kids' rodeo during the day and it's an open or I can't say during the day but in the morning it's a youth rodeo and then in the afternoon we have an open rodeo and um, when I first started doing Lindreth the numbers of contestants it was it was all right it was decent but over the years it's really grown so the pressure to pull off basically two perfs and in the daylight has has become the has become the the norm for me up there, and uh, right. Knock on wood, so far so good. We haven't ran into the dark, but it's come close. <laughs> I uh, I remember the first year that you'd put it on. Um, I remember after it was over, like Cade Griego, Luke Sullivan, and all of them came back, and they were just they were just talking about it, you know. And I, I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, where in the world is Lindrith, New Mexico? You know. I'm... <laughs> Like, it, it's funny. Then... Lindreth is just—it's one of those towns that that it's—I can't say it's out in the middle of nowhere, you know, but it's it's out in it's out in the brush, you know, out in the woods, and um, and this rodeo arena has been there for years. I mean, four years. Um, Carl Bradley—he's uh, he passed on, but he was uh, six by six rodeo company. And he would tell. He told me a story of him. Uh, he used to hitchhike when he was rodeoing. Now, now, mind you, he had a wife, kids, everything else, and and he'd pack his rodeo stuff in a jean jacket, and he would he would take off on a Friday and hitchhike to all these rodeos. And he told me stories about sleeping underneath uh, underneath the announcer stand in Lindreth, you know, to make sure that he was he was first in line to get entered in the rodeo, and to hear <laughs> stories like that. And, and to be the guy that that puts it on, you know, that produces it, you know, it's it, it gets close to your heart because you you hear all these guys talk about talk about how it was in the old days, you know, and how they'd hitchhike places and all they had was their gear bag and a jean jacket, you know. Right. So it's um, it's, it's it's a big sense of pride. And when I first when I first started going to Lindrith, I grew up. It's it's in the county that that I grew up in, and the first time. 
that I ever experienced that arena is um, my brother and a buddy of ours. He convinced us to uh, to enter the ranch rodeo up there, and we actually won it that year. And that's that's when they were having their cycle where they were just doing ranch rodeos. And then <clears throat> years passed, and Ron Wiseman had that rodeo, and I was uh, I was a subcontractor for him, and I take bulls. And the first year I took bulls to Lindrith, I actually slept in a tent. And um, and and it was just it's just a cool a cool atmosphere and it's a, a cool vibe up there. It's kind of it is that community's event of the year. So I mean everybody from you know they live in Cuba or they live in the Cajilon area or the Española area, you know Guyana, all those surrounding communities. They all go to Lindrith and they and they go watch the rodeo. They enter the rodeo. They go to the dance afterwards. It's it's just a a big huge you know, down home community event. Right. It's, I'm excited um, to to finally get to go to it this year. Um, It's kind of, it's been one now that it's been going for the past couple of years. I I never knew Ron had it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Ron had it. He had it for, for, I don't know. I want to say I could be wrong. It was like, three four years and then when he when he retired um i went ahead and took it over so you had taken over so i know bernalillo used to be one of ron's yeah bernalillo was one of ron's and then lindreth was one of his and i didn't i tried i tried to do the whole wiseman schedule and you know he would do mora and and um Anton Anton and um, places like that, and and um, and so I, I tried to get a hold of those, but they they actually went with with the rodeo company that bought Ron out. They decided to go with them instead, and and that's fine, you know. It's it's okay as long as you know. I always say that there's you know there's a big pie out there, and as long as all of us get a little piece of the pie, we'll be fine. Right. I wish. I wish all producers and contractors would think more alike. I mean, in the sense of the stock and production, I, I reckon they, they do. But rodeo, at least in New Mexico, like, you know, the I'd say the past, you know, 10 years, it, it's borderline died out. And it's, it's now really starting to make a strong, hard comeback. You know what? What I... <clears throat> What I look at is I look at like the Baca series, for example, at the Baca series, you can see, you know, all age groups. And, and if you really watch, you have an influx of young kids in the younger age groups that, you know, you may have a ton of sheep riders, calf riders, steer riders, senior bull riders, you know, you have a lot of them, but then you're, you're lacking in your, your, um, your bareback, saddle bronc, novice bulls, and open bulls. But then you have to wait. You have to wait till those kids get older before they make the transition. Then they make the transition, and you may be lacking in your youth events, 
but you're you're loaded on your open events and that's just that's just a going trend that's how it's how it's always been when when i was president of the fair board here in riverbank county i would watch it in our livestock our junior livestock um shows you know you'd have uh, an influx of of kids showing goats or showing sheep or hogs and then they transition into showing steers and stuff it's just it's it's like a wave you know you'll have some good years where 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 you have a lot of older kids and then you have your years when you have a lot of younger kids it's like um when i first started really hauling bulls and stuff um cody strite um trey randolph brandon dirks cody harrison you know cody's been around for years but but all those guys were were really in the in the open rodeo side and then you had you know hunter salter and those guys in the in the younger group and then you had like yourself and um and the grego boys and everything else you know it's like in, in casey and them they were they were young guys you know and now casey and the grego brothers and stuff they're in the older group and then you see like the talassuses shannon and white talassus you know they're kind of at the back end of the older group now when i remember that they were at the front end you know it's a, it's a trend it, you gotta watch these age trends i never would have thought about thought about it like that because i remember in when i was in middle school uh, like I, i'd gone to i'd gone to bernalillo and i think it was the last year that ron had put it on and I, i'd entered the novice bull run you know and there was 20 and the open 20 in the novice right like it, it was huge and then i i had hit high school and it, it seemed like all the numbers really dwindled down, um, especially towards you know my senior year. And and that's that's how it goes, you know. And and then you know the younger guys, as they're coming through, if they get on the wrong caliber of stock, you know, and get hurt, they they disappear. You know, right. I've, I don't I don't know Cody Custer personally, but I've read a lot of his stuff and a lot of his 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 thought into, you know, bull riding, for example, how how these how these kids, you know, become young men and the steps that they should take to better themselves in their career for longevity. And I feel not so much now, but but years earlier that a lot of guys were missing a step. They were they were propelling themselves instead of taking the guidance that they should have. And you see it more now. It's, it's really caught on now that, that, um, that guys are really taking the right steps to success. I kind of feel like I, I was one of the ones that tried to propel and well, that's well, why of my course. bull riding <laughs> shebang got kicked short. <laughs> You know who who wouldn't want the bright lights and and fireworks and big money? You know we all want that, but it right. all comes in time. My my dad, you know, when I was growing up, he'd always tell me patience is a virtue, and I never really understood what that was when I was a young man. But now that I'm forty years old, you know, I'm like, yeah, patience is a virtue. You know, build it and they will come, kind of deal. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, what I've seen a lot of this year, I mean, I mean, we're, it's still early on, we're middle of March, you know, rodeos are just really starting to kick off and 
come around. Like we, they just finished up the, the Bacchus series and cruises and getting ready to go to Belen and, and then like Taylor and stuff. And I, uh, there's been, they've been, they added novice bronc riding, which has made me so dang happy. Cause like when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old trying to start like outside of high school rodeos, if, if I wanted a rodeo, I was, I was entering up with the big dogs, you know, and they didn't care what they brought for horses or bringing whatever killers they can get. <laughs> and you know, what? that's, that's one thing that I got to say that, that I've seen a change in and, and to me, Casper and, and CJ, you know, more CJ, CJ really, to me, really looks and, and handpicks, you know, what is best for for the age groups and and the same thing with with Leroy Whitley you know he really in, in his rodeo company and the stock that he brings places is is um, is he really takes the time to put together the right the right stuff you know for what's needed and and that's one thing that you know that guys like CJ and like Leroy and and everybody else is turning to now is, is they're wanting to grow guys, you know, they're wanting to grow them. They wanting to see them succeed because then again, you know, without these contestants, you know, what do we have to offer the crowd? We don't want, you know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Buster Webb once told me, he told me this years ago, I think we were at the, we were at the NMRA finals when it was in Bosque farms one year and we were up on the catwalk and, and he said, you know, years ago, he says, if if your bulls got got covered, he says, you, you'd get upset. You know, you wanted to buck guys off. He says, and nowadays, you know, you want to see guys ride. And, and, and it's true, you know, in the horse events, you know, bull riding, you want to see you want to see the rides. You want to see the guys succeed. Yeah, you have your your handful of, of animals that are are near and dear to your heart and you know, and they're rock stars and, and you don't want to see them covered, but at the same time, when they do get covered, it's a high score and they're going to win the rodeo, you know, going to be big. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when old JT got rode. Yeah. We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good, man. It's, it's good. It's good for, for these animals to get rode. Because they get in the habit of, of bucking guys off, and, and I wasn't in Taylor to to watch that one, but you know Leroy had him down there, and and we were talking on the phone, and he says, "Yeah, he got rode," and I said, "What happened?" And he says, "Man, he says I I think he had that he thought he had that kid bucked off, so he kind of slowed down." He says, "And then the dirt was a little deep, so he stumbled mm-hmm. a little bit, and when he when he realized that 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 guy was still on him, then he picked up the gears again, but by that time it was too late, you know." Right. They they get in the habit. They get in the habit of of bucking guys off. So so they kind of get a little lazy. So when when they start getting covered, you know, it they they come back to speeding it back up again. So and, and I heard know, that, that I, I heard that Semprify really bucked out there in Arizona. That's what Leroy told me. He oh says, yeah. He's like he's I seen Semprify out there and he bucked. He said. Well, I so seen that horse in years. One of the reasons I think he wasn't as good as he was before, um, when the Chases got him, uh, Seth Chase with Western Buckers, they 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 were only bucking or primarily bucking in Magdalena. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to Magdalena, but they they only have uh, left hand shoots, which right. All Semper Fi did not 
take too lightly in the past. <laughs> right. um, but they, they were patient with it and they took the time and, you know, little by little, he started getting better and better. And now he they can barely even get him to come out of the right side, which, you know, kind of shot him in the foot a little bit because it'd be cool if he went out of both. <laughs> right. But, no, but... But it's always it's always exciting, you know, when you to me anyway, when when an animal that you've known for years, no matter if he switches owners or, or what happens, you know, and and you get to see him kind of come back, you know, it's it's exciting. Right. I remember I think it was the first no second yeah, first year that you put on Bosky Farms. Um when Wayland Cleveland originally had Simplify. Yeah. And he had brought Cleveland and Brandon had got on him and dang broke his foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. So we've talked about Lindrith. We've talked about Bosky. Now my favorite one ever since I was a little sheep rider, Bernalillo. Yeah. So Bernalillo is um, I, I I can't really say that I have a, a favorite town or a, or a favorite rodeo because they they all they all have a special a special place in my heart. But Bernalillo, I have no idea what it is, but we buck a lot of bulls at that rodeo, a lot. Oh yeah. And, we buck a lot of bulls and we have a lot of team ropers and, and man, I just, and the crowd, the crowd just comes out of the woodwork. It could be 10 minutes before showtime. And you're thinking, Oh gosh, we're not going to get anybody here. And all of a sudden, right when we go to start, you know, it's packed, you know, people back their trucks up to the fence. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a good rodeo. And I got to give, um, uh, Rob and Yvette Arnold, they, um, they're on the sheriff's posse. Yvette's the president there, and and that husband and wife team, you know that that sheriff's posse, they they work their tails off. They they really do. And there's there's a lot more behind the scenes to to having an event than what most people know. You know, it's it's getting the grounds prepared. It's advertising and marketing. You know, it's um, hunting down sponsorships to get you know stuff paid for. Everything costs. Everything that you see costs, and it, and it takes a lot of legwork for it to happen. And uh, up until about well, up until last year when I started fighting bulls, I I guess I never paid too much attention to all that stuff. Um, like, I mean, the groundwork I always understood and seen right, but like just just the sorting, the just the setup, the tear down. The, you know, we, Wait, we put like for us, you know, it starts, you know, I, I got a full-time job, you know, and, um, so me, I'll work Monday through Wednesday, Wednesday night, you know, I'm, I'm headed to Leroy's ranch in Ignacio, Colorado with the semi truck and cattle pot. And it's up early Thursday morning, bringing in the horses, um, off a of pasture, you know, separating the bulls loading the truck and then and then making the six hour drive eight hour drive 
you know. What it really is an all-day affair, sorting bulls in his back pens. Yeah, it's an it's an all-day affair, and and to to get it done in the morning, and I've had to do I've had to do that stuff, you know, just me. And there's sometimes that that Luke Luke will go and he'll he'll get it done before he has to go shoot horses or something or or uh, Tony happens to be there and he'll help me and stuff and, or even Heather me and Heather have been out there in the pasture gathering horses before and it's just you know it's there's I think it was last year was it last year yeah it was last year for Silver City you know everybody had to work and, and there I was and I had to load the truck and, and I'm getting, you know, texts from Christy about the numbers and stuff for CJ's rodeo in silver city and, and what we had to take and, and I'm sorting bulls and cutting horses and loading the truck and, and from Ignacio, Colorado to, to silver city, man, that's a long trip. That's an all day drive right there all day. Get in there in the evening and then unloading. And then you got to feed, you got to feed, you got to water, you got to make sure everything's bed down before you could even go have supper. And then it's usually, I tell everybody that, that rodeos for me is early mornings and late nights. And you work harder for that weekend than you do all week at your normal job. And it's not even the fun late nights. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not like you're sitting on the tailgate drinking beer. You know, you're, you're, you're there feeding or doctoring, doing whatever you got to do. And, and you're lucky if you get to have one course light before you hit the hay, you know. As if you're not too tired to even, dang, hit, hit the cooler. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. So, Bernalillo, it's a two-day deal. Um, yeah. And that, that is put on by the sheriff's posse, right? Or It is. It is. It is. It is their event of the year. And and I think that's one thing that we forget, you know, as as rodeo people, is that, you know, these towns that we visit, these sheriff's posses or rodeo committees, you know, it's their one event. And, um, you know, Casper Baca used to say, he used to say it that, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an arena out in the middle of nowhere you know, you make it the biggest show that you can because that's their show. And um, there was, oh, it didn't matter if, if it was in a coliseum or if it was, you know, in a, an arena in the middle of nowhere, you know, it was always the big show to him, always. And and him kind of being a mentor to me and, and learning stuff from him, I, I always try to take that aspect, you know, to everywhere that I go that it's it's the big show no matter where you're at. Right. Even as a kid, you know, riding sheep, I remember going out to like the like the, the rodeos that stand out the most to me were Caspers because you know they had the walkouts and the 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 just that bigness and I I had a, I used to think that that was like the standard, you know, like yeah. this is what it's it's gonna be like. Uh, Newsflash: it, it really isn't. Not everyone does the whole cool walkout entrance things. <laughs> you know, that that's that's one thing that, that Baca Rodeo, you know, really does. And really, to me, they really go above and beyond, you know, the show. And it's it's just not for the crowd. It's for the contestants, you know, and it's, it's a sense of pride. And I feel that, that all of us, 
no matter if we're producers, stock contractors, rodeo committees, you know, rodeo associations, everybody should get back to the pride, the pride of it all. Because not everybody gets to go do this on the weekends. There's a guy, uh, I don't know if you met Thomas Taylor. He started traveling around with us last year. And he's um, lived on Las Cruces, and, and I got to meet him at, at CJ's Rodeos, the series down there. Um, and he would go to CJ's deals. He went to my rodeos. He went to Leroy's rodeos. I mean, he was on the road with us all year. And I remember we were sitting in Carlsbad, and uh, he looked at me, and he says, why are you so grouchy all the time? And I said, hell, I ain't grouchy. He says, well, you look grouchy. He says, man, he says, we just got done with the rodeo. He says, not everybody gets to do this. You know, and he's he's just so excited about it, and it's just he's so proud to be part of it. And he's right. You know, not not everybody gets to do this. So, and we're and we're not gonna last forever. So right. we need to we need to enjoy what we do in the time that we have doing it. And it's, in my opinion, it, it goes deeper than not everyone gets to do it. Like. When I was in college, I, I did kind of like a study, right? And um, or, or, or I wrote a paper. And it, it made me really take a step back and think. And like, we're so blessed that we get to sit here and we get to chase our dreams, you know, mm-hmm. every weekend. And, you know, like, like for me, I, I spend all week when I'm not at work putting my time and my, my effort into what I do, you know, if if I'm not out running around my barrel or having, you know, Casey, my little brother, chase me around with my dummy, then I'm on my spur board. Because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I do try to work both events whenever I can. Right. And I, I go to the gym in the mornings. I, and it's, it's, there's a lot of time and a lot of effort that goes into like each individual's craft and, and what they do. And so for us to be able to go and we're able to chase our dreams, like, so within the study, I would looked at how many, so I started off in the high school level, right? So say you have 30, 40 guys playing football, trying to, trying to play football, only 15 to 20 of those 30 guys make it to the college level. And the, the college level is so big because, like, you know, you have you have your big D1 and D2 schools in the Big Ten and everything. And right. So they, they get to chase it up until, you know, they're 21, 22. But then even fewer guys, you know, you almost take another half or a quarter out of that, actually get to make it pro. And I mean, for them, it, it's not like there's a whole lot of amateur league, football leagues or amateur baseball leagues. And there's John. not, you know, the, the, there's not my my youngest son. He just finished his senior year in high school basketball. And and, um, you know, he's not going to play basketball at a college level. It's it's just not going to happen for him, you know, and, and where do they go from there? A city league? a summer league, something like that. My, my oldest son, he played football. And I remember when he was graduating, he says, Dad, do you think I'm, I'll make it into, you know, play college? 
and and I told him, I said, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to lie to you? And I told him, I said, no, son, I don't think you're going to make it into a college level. And he didn't really understand till he, he went to school at NMSU and he became friends with some of the football players. And he told me, he says, you're right, Dad. He says, these guys are monsters compared to me. <laughs> and and, it, and, it, and it, it's true, you know, these guys are, you know, minimum six five six seven, you know, and he was six two, and he he was big for Espanola, you know, but but at that level, he was just a runt, you know. So you look at those sports versus the sport of rodeo, and um, and to me, to me, if if a rodeo athlete plays their cards right, stays dedicated, puts in the time that they need, you know, they can go on to the pro level. They, they really could. Whereas, whereas your, your regular, you know, I can't say regular, but your high school athletes, you know, once they're done playing the sport in high school, that's it. Whereas rodeo, on the other hand, is that you have, you have outlets, you know, you have the, the open amateur ranks, that that you can step into and continue even if you don't go to college you know and even if you don't go pro i mean yeah absolutely and 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 my 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 whole world opened up to another aspect last july for the fourth of july when uh when leroy whitley got uh, the grants rodeo and i got to go there with him and um, experienced the senior pros. That was mind-blowing. <laughs> it was mind-blowing. I kid you not. I was, I had so much fun. I had so much fun at those. I remember I was up, uh, I walked into the crow's nest. And um, they asked me, they said, they said, how old are you, Travi? And I said, 39. And they're like, when are you going to be 40? And I said, well, in October. They said, hell, that's a calendar year. You can pay your membership and enter today. And I said, what? And I thought about it, and I looked down, and I saw my gut, and I was like, not today, boys. Not today. (laughs) You actually had to look at your gut, and you couldn't just remember back, (laughs) what was it, last year or the year before, whenever you had entered the used to could ride that CJ did? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, three years ago there in Berlin. Totally bad decision. Totally. You know, and you're not the only one that entered that that said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, the, the thing was, is that, what is it? Your your mind says, hell yeah, but your body says, hell no. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, you just, and I, and, I, and I had a game plan. I had a game plan at that deal because you could pick your bull and everything else. I had a game plan. And then I found out what everybody else was picking, and I was like, oh, man, I can't just go out there on a hop skipper, you know? <laughs> what did so you end up getting just... on? Well, I got on, I got on this that bull Tuffy that, that Leroy has, oh, yeah. and he, he had that bull named Skunk that would just kind of – Casey Roberts got on him the weekend after for the father-son deal, and him and his boy <laughs> won it. And so this Skunk bull just kind of just <laughs> hopped and skipped out there. And that was my pick. I was the first one to enter. I picked that bull. I was good to go. And then Daniel Morgan walks up and he enters. And I said, "What you pick?" He says, "Well, I pick. I picked third day." And I said, "What? I'm like these guys are getting on spinners?" I was like, "I can't go out there on this hop skipper across the arena." I was like, "I don't want to. I don't want to look like that." 
So I went back and I was like, can I change my pick? And they're like, yeah. So I picked I, I all the other ones that I would have picked were already picked. So I was like, okay, so there's Tuffy. And I was like, all right. I was like, these novice guys, to, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing on this bull. I'll get him covered. <laughs> and um, and so Trey Randolph comes down. And, um, and so he's like, all right, here's what you're going to do. He's like, he's like, that bull drops hard and pulls guys down. He's real heavy. He says, so don't get out over him. He says, he says, kind of sit on your pockets and sit up straight and you'll meet him just right. And when he drops down, he says, he's not going to pull you down with him because you're already be sitting. And I said, perfect. That was the game plan. I mean, I mean, I was ready. I was in the back and I was pinning up some bulls and CJ's like, Hey, your bulls loaded. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there in a minute. So, <laughs> so I couldn't Show even, go on. I, I could not even find a vest that would go around my fat stomach. I could not find a vest. So Josh Hernandez was like, he's like, here, just do my, use my bullfighting vest. And I was like, all right. So I put that thing on and I just got some tape and taped it up, like taped it around me. And I was good right. to go. Mistake number one, do not do it in a bullfighting vest. Do not. So anyway, so game plan set down. I get up on the on the deck there. Leroy's getting ready to flink. He looks over at me and he just shakes his head. And I crawl in there. And there's one thing I got to say about the older guys versus the younger guys. We're a lot quicker getting out than all you younger guys. You should have been hey, there. Hey, hey. You, you would have known what it was like to get in and get out. <laughs> So, my so, name's not Casey. I know how to nod my head. <laughs> so, so I call for the. So I take my wrap. I skid up on my rope, set up like everything was planned out to do. Call for the gate. Bull hips himself. It's planted in any picture that you see. You can see that his hip hit the <laughs> freaking shoot. Swear I to think God, that's just because he's big, Travis. He, oh, he's big. So, he hits his hip kind of drags his butt out there, okay? Doesn't have that jump. So right then and there, I'm off my rope. Right then and there, <laughs> that second. And then he goes to turn back, and I'm looking down at my foot, and I'm telling my foot to move. My mind knows what needs to happen, but my foot's just <laughs> barely moving. And before you know it, whack, I hit the ground. Like a 55-gallon barrel falling out of the back of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Lost my – and those, those bullfighting vests, man, they're made for, you know, full-force impacts. There's no – it's not like a riding vest. It's different. Knocked the air out of me. But I didn't want to get up and be that guy that's like, well, you know, sucking in air. Everybody's right. laughing and patting you on the back and smiles everywhere. This whole time, I'm not breathing. I can't breathe. <laughs> and I'm on my feet and I'm just kind of smiling and I walk to like the fence and I just suck in a bunch of air. Oh man. I was like, yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm walking to the back and Leroy tells me, he says, you know, I used to want to get on again, but I don't want to anymore. <laughs> 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 but man, it was, it was fun. It was Ugh. it was fun. I I have but, to ask who who rode Tuffy farther, you or Tom? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to give it to Tom. 
But that's because Tuffy took two long jumps out there before he turned back. With me, it was right there in the latch, guy. It was right there. I'm hearing but. excuses. Old Tuffy freaking bucked and Taylor. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> like, in the latch, kind of really got it on. That bull's just so big. He's just so I, big. I, I had to take a step back and really, what? Yeah, like, what are you doing? You know, but... <laughs> I always tell everybody, I'm like, you know, he ain't going to hook you, but if he steps on you when you hit the ground, he's going to break oh, something. Oh, God. But then again, that isn't the first time I've ever done anything like that. When I was putting on the Abiquiu rodeos, we were, uh, this was years ago, back before I was a bull man. I was just, I was president of the fair board. I do these ro- this rodeo every June and. And Carl Bradley was six by six was a stock contractor, and I hadn't been on on a bull in years. And the open bull riding was light, really light. Like I mean, like four or five guys light. And I just couldn't do that to the crowd. I I was like, no, this ain't gonna work. There's just not enough riders. So I actually left that arena, drove all the way to my house, went into my shed, grabbed my old dusty gear bag, went back over there. And I told Carl, I said, pick me out one that's good that's not going to kill me. So he picked me out this bull named Candyman that he had. And I didn't tell anybody that I was doing this. Put my rope on, got set. And I forget who was announcing for me that year. I don't know if it was Skibo Norris or Robert Alleman. One of them was announcing it. <laughs> and they announced, you know, your fair board president, you know, Travis Law. And the crowd just went wild. And so did my father. He got so pissed, <laughs> so pissed. My sister was working the, the admission gates, and she came running down and cracked the latch on him. And uh, John Salazar, he was a past NMRA champion and a hell of a bull rider. Well, he was a pickup man for Carl at the time, and we are pretty good buddies. And, and the whole time, he's riding alongside of me on the horse. Like, he's right there, and he's yelling at me yelling at me to lift and spur and move and and uh i rode him i rode him and here's the kicker if i would have paid an entry fee i would have tied for first place (laughs) but it was an exhibition (laughs) isn't that the way it always goes like there was right after eight seconds had came out um luke perry had got on a bull out of bro as an exhibition and he wrote him. Yeah. That's the way that's the way it always goes, but I've always been known for doing off the wall kind of stuff like that. You know, it's just the show must go on, you know. The show must go on. Are you gonna go back to Grants this year? Yeah, yeah. We'll be nice. we'll be back in Grants and and uh Man, that sure was a good time watching them guys get on. Dang, it was just, it looked like it hurt so bad. But them guys were just <laughs> having a blast. And, and the um, part that shocks me is they, they have more bareback riders than bronc riders. Yes, yes. And I asked them guys, I said, so what's this senior pro rodeo deal about? You know, tell me about it. And they're like, it's like a high school rodeo, but with beer. 
they were just <laughs> they're just loving it just, and I'm, I'm telling you these guys are 40 50 60 years old and they're piling up in a honda civic with a cooler of beer in their gear bags like if they're freaking you know 19 years old and it's it's just so awesome and they're just a a good group of dudes i mean i i was a little slow away. getting up but a little slow getting up but it blew my mind it blew me away and i'm a, i'm a fan forever and that, like, like, Ju- like uh, Julius, man, he just, you know, that guy is just like, he's he's a champion. He's he is a champion. Anybody at his age that goes out and does it, wins it, you know, my hats off to him. That dude's a champion. Um, oh, Julius for, Y. Begay, he's just yeah. as handy now as he was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, for uh, for Buster's funeral, we were having the meal afterwards, and we were sitting with him at a table. Me and Larry Garcia. And um, he was telling us, he's like, yeah, I run four miles every morning. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, I can't even get out of bed in the morning. And this guy's running four miles? Like yesterday just... when we were talking on the phone while you're walking up the hill? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a steep hill. Steep. <laughs> and I got a big dog I carry, just steep. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just... And I and I guess that's what... That's what um, what keeps me doing it, you know, I, I, I don't rodeo for a living. I have my trucking company. I uh, produce rodeos and do this because because I really do. I really do love it. I really do enjoy it. And the friendships that I've made along the way and the miles of memories that I have, you know, I, I got friends everywhere, everywhere. I always have a bed or a couch to sleep on no matter where I'm at. And um it's just those those are things that that no matter how much money you'll make in your lifetime, how much money that you'll lose, you know whatever happens, they can't take your memories away from you. Right. You know, it's just you know, and and the advice that I've gotten from from uh, from Casper, you know, and and working his deals and and learning from him, and then you know being able to 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 work with Buster and um and even the Sosi brothers and then um you know Richard with Bucking H you know I was I was uh, the the I was the stock contractor rep for the NMRA for for 5 years and I got to work with all these contractors you know really closely and and um get to know them and and learn learn the business and what they enjoy and seeing it through their eyes, you know, standing right next to them. And, and, um, it's just, those are just memories that I'll, that I'll, that I'll never forget. I still have voicemails on my phone from Casper that I have saved and voicemails from Buster on my phone that I have saved. And, you know, them guys, you know, we've, we lost them years ago, you know, and I still have those voicemails and I listen to them from time to time. And, and, uh, and even Carl with with Six by Six Rodeo Company, you know, with with the things that that he did and he taught me when I had when I started off in the bull business, he he would come to ABQ and we'd have practices and we'd book bulls and 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 he'd just hang out with us and just different things that that he taught, you know, and and it's uh, it's I'll never forget him, never. Right, I. You know, one of the most common things that I hear and people ask, like, 
outside of the rodeo world people is you know why do you do it or like what just what's the draw to it and you know most of the time everyone will say like it's the adrenaline it's you know getting that blood flowing and and in my opinion that's that's just a, a small yeah. it's a small portion of a big picture right that's right like there's there's so much like you said that, that just goes into all of it and you know we love it all like coming from a contestant point of view there's there's the the trips up there you know you're you're jumping in with three four five guys you know you got a cooler full of beer and it's it's just it's you're always laughing it's it's all a good time and that that doesn't even count getting to the rodeo when there's another 30 40 plus of your friends you know what what i what i like about about the rodeo family is there's never a goodbye it's an i'll see you later you know we could go all winter without seeing each other and come february you know when we all start bumping back into each other the conversation picks right back up where it left you know it's 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 like nothing ever skipped a beat you know yeah and that's when when we're all old and you know crippled and can't walk like it's it's not the adrenaline that we're going to remember no it's the stories the stories it's, the times the... it's it's the stories about you know man do you remember bosky farms that year or how about bernalillo on this year or <laughs> do you remember that one time in lindrith or how about when we were down in crucis you know it's 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 the stories that are always going to come back up you know and then and then these these your rodeo family you know they get involved in 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 your personal life too you know your personal family and all of a sudden you're going to birthday parties and barbecues and brandings and and all kinds of stuff you know you just it's it's a friendship and it's a family you know and I'm I'm truly I'm truly blessed to have the friends that that I've made in in my short time in rodeo. I say short time; it's been a while now, but but it's just the people that I've met and and the fun that I've had. Because at the end of the day, why do we do this? Because we enjoy it. It's fun, and it's the lifestyle that we live. There's no other logical reason. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not you're, at all. You're no matter what part you're in, you're gonna lose money, more money than you ever make. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When I when I had about twenty five head of bulls, my dad, my dad's a cattleman and a horseman, and he told me he says we were out with the cows, checking them one weekend, and we're on horseback, and and he says, you know, you see all them cows out there, and I said, yeah. He said, every year they give me a return. He says, what do those bulls give you? <laughs> and I said, lots of memories. Because that's about all they do is lots of memories. There's no money in it. You get nothing but pride and memories out of those suckers. Right. And you can't eat them. Yeah. They don't taste very good. <laughs> don't taste very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, bulls are good for one thing. 
Hmm. And one thing only. Breeding. What's that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but opinions vary. I know, you know, <clears throat> you like bucking horses and stuff, and I can't stand them, but that's just me. I, I have a new respect like, for the bull. How's that? To me, bucking horses are just like overgrown sheep. Where one goes, they're all going to go. Can't argue with that. Makes it makes it easy whenever they're all out in pasture, though. It does. It really does. Yeah. It's hell gathering up bulls when one or two jumps the fence with the neighbor's cows. That takes a while. <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Travis, um, as, as to kind of close this out and start to bring it to an end is there anything what, what am I what am I trying to ask here what's the most important part to production in your eyes like like what what is one thing that it, you can't you can't put on a rodeo without I'm gonna say honesty and I'll tell you why it's honesty. You got to be honest with your contestants. You got to be honest with your spectators. Honest with your crew that you hire. Honest with the communities that you work with. Because it's a world based on honesty. And, and if you have that, to me, you'll go a lot further in in your rodeo career that's where it all starts and to me that's the most important part I'm blown away yeah honesty we may not get it right we may not do it right (laughs) but as long as we're honest about it we'll go far Yes, sir. So, yeah, so for me, rodeo season kicks off in Lindreth the first weekend in June. Um, I'm trying to line up. I like to do five rodeos a year for myself, then helping out Leroy and and helping out CJ at his and and working for those guys. And um, so I got two more that I'm trying to get on the books, kind of revamp and 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 bring back I don't know if it's going to happen this year or not but for sure we'll be in Lindreth first weekend in June um, we'll be in Bosque Farms that first weekend in August we'll be in Bernalillo, Bernalillo the third weekend in August and of course you can always catch me trolling around with CJ helping him working for him and um, and uh, working with Leroy Leroy Whitley and, and we'll be out there hitting the asphalt all summer long all summer long, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm thankful to be along with the with the journey, and you know I'm excited to see you down the road, Miss Road, Mister Long. Yeah, I look forward to it. And I gotta say, man, you've come a you've come a long way in your bullfighting skills. I'm really impressed. I'm pretty proud. I I appreciate it. You know how you said uh, memories and 
that's that's what we have left. I'd uh, right. I went to that Rob Smith Miles Hair Bullfighting School. Um in October I wanna say. No, it was August. No, October. Uh, it was a couple months ago. <laughs> and uh it was wild. They'd put in a old VHS tape. We're all sitting around just eating some supper. And they're sitting there, you know, that's that's old that's old crick nose and oh, I remember, you know, and like that it was Ted News, Rob Smets and Miles. Like they they the way that their faces lit up and you know, like they're able to look back and just remember everything like it was yesterday. That's that's what I'm probably most excited for in the future, you know. You know, it's it it'll happen in the future, but but it's also happening right now. You know, I can <clears throat> I remember when when you were a sprout, you know, and and when you were young and to watch you <clears throat> grow from a young man to a grown man and to watch you, you know, get on bulls, to watch you riding Bronx, to to seeing you step in the arena as a bullfighter, you know, it's um it's it's awesome to see an individual like yourself grow. You know, we we lose track of time and how long we've actually known one another, and and we do that we do that in life. You know, I remember Trey Randolph when he was riding bulls and and he actually came to work for me and drove trucks for me and stuff and and just to see where he's at now. You know, right? Or when I when I run into to Cody Harrison, you know, and he's got his mustache with his wax on now, you know, and and I remember when there was no mustache and. Uh, <laughs> So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see, to see the young guys that you've watched grown, grown along the way and, and start their own families, you know, Cody Stride, you know, him start his own families and, and it's, uh, it, it makes me feel old, but it makes me, I'm very proud to be a part of it. And it's forever. It is forever. Yeah. That's right. Yes, sir. Well, that sounds like probably the best way we could have ended this on. In my opinion. Well, well, thank you for having me on your, your podcast. We'll do it again sometime. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on to the Double Ab. No problem, buddy. All right. We'll catch you later. You bet. 10-4. I'm <laughs>